these two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. There was not a rush uh, or even a movement of teams uh, who either had cap space or who could create cap space to go out and give Kyrie Irving the kind of commitment he wanted. Brooklyn wasn't going to do it. And so I think this is a year where Kyrie Irving can uh, rebuild perhaps his value around, around the league and the belief that he could be that he could be counted on. And I think more than anything, uh, he's got to show that to teams around the league, and he's got to show that to the Nets. Mm. Mm, boys. Speculation. We are approaching peak reckless speculation season here. Uh-huh. Reckless speculation as a vessel was born to sail in these waters that we are headed into <laughs> later so on this week. Yeah. Um, beautiful. Would you guys – so we'll get into some Timberwolves stuff here. I have, a, I have a Timberwolves question for you as we head into NBA free agency. But real quick, just to set the scene. So in the last couple days here, basically in the last, what, 24 hours, Kyrie Irving staying in Brooklyn. You heard from Woj there. He's And and by the way, when a, when a player exercises a team option, it doesn't guarantee they're staying. But in this case, like I don't know what the Nets – he. Kyrie could have opted out and probably signed a multi-year deal somewhere else. Russell Westbrook wasn't going to make that kind of money. Russell Westbrook opted in for $47 million because he's cooked, and this is his last chance to get $47 million a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the, the Lakers are probably still going to try and trade Russell Westbrook. Kyrie probably staying in Brooklyn with Durant, but we'll see. John Wall became a free agent. Also has been a shell of himself since the injury, the Achilles. So it'll be interesting to see, but he's going to the Clippers. But my question to you guys first is, Russell Westbrook exercises a $47 million player option. Nobody wants him there. Like if the front office could wash their hands of that mistake, they would. I think at this point, LeBron, even though he's the one that advocated for, I want my friend to come over and we'll have three stars. It'll be great. Would you feel guilty at all? Would you guys feel guilty at all exercising a $47 million option knowing that no one really wants you to work there anymore. If I was the player, absolutely not. No way. They signed me. I negotiated it. And and you know what? The other important thing to keep in mind is, and we've covered enough guys to have seen this. Most of them in situations like this have no conscience. So Russell Westbrook is, I, I mean, look, right or wrong, no matter how you feel about him, Kirk Cousins became the first quarterback to get a fully guaranteed contract. Like, we're talking rare air, right? We're talking like, oh, that's got to be Rodgers or Brady. Um, I have found that the majority of athletes have an ability in their brain to turn off a feeling of guilt or responsibility, unlike I've ever seen in this sense. Think about if you had, so Phil, if you were told today by the company, that you are going to be suspended for three months starting in September, pending an appeal because you failed like a drug test, okay? Michael Pineda. I do live in Washington. And and guys like that, and guys like, they have had this cloud. Like, to me, it would be this cloud. I, I, I would be downtrodden. I'd feel guilt. I'd feel the majority of guys who get pinched for something like that, you find out three months... You're saying if okay, hold, okay, I see where you're going here. I'm saying there's no guilt. It, it's a weird. I would feel terrible. Are you no, I know me? you would. No, no, I'm saying you would. But like a guy like Pineda, just kept going, kept pitching. He probably didn't felt really, a little guilty, didn't he? Well, he might have internally, but you, it, you never really <laughs> saw <my> question. <laughs> a thing. And so, no, I he's don't crying think on the mound, but he probably felt guilty. I don't think that these guys like westbrook who are going to be paid or guys who get in trouble i think a lot of them have this weird switch in their brain that they can flip off that the majority of us would say i would absolutely feel really really burdened to the point of um struggling to do my job where i don't think that they have that i don't think they have that same guilt that the common person like us carries okay so what would you feel guilty judd's all get that's my question yeah, I pro I probably would like if I was the, your absolute, your contract is actively shipwrecking yeah. the organization and preventing like, other players from coming on board too. 
Like if our bosses called me today and said, Judd, you absolutely suck. You are terrible. Your takes are off. They just stink. You used to give good takes and now they're terrible takes. Inefficient. You are, you're an inefficient yeah, uh, You're an inefficient host like and, and you are holding Declan and Phil down. Uh, and you're making way too much. Would I feel guilty? Yes, I absolutely would. Okay. I, I, yeah. So yes, I guess the answer is in all truthfulness, all candidness, Judd Zolgad would feel guilty. I would not feel guilty one bit. <laughs> not, not, no, not at this point in my Get life. The no. bag. At this point in my life, no. Well, um, you also you're you're like on the ascent, right? You're yeah. you know you're so approaching your media prime. You're waiting for the big bag for the first time, and then and then maybe at the end of your prime. But maybe it's a different a different story. But right I, now you're looking for the bag. I'm looking for the bag. But also to the point uh, that Judge trying to make and even and to get down the weeds of, of working in media and securing the quote unquote bag. Because I think there's I think there's a misconception like of people of my friends or family and circle who don't understand media and don't understand the financial parts and think, oh, like you're doing all this work or you're doing all this stuff and you should be worth X amount. Like, yes, do I believe I should be worth X amount? But in the media scheme, like it's not as black and white as you should be making this amount of money because corporate America is a lot different than the media. So you kind of got to take what you can get and eventually work your way up where it's not as easy as getting a, an insane amount of money right away. Forty seven million dollars, man. I'll take Good it. for Russell Westbrook. So, all right, here's here's my Wolves question for you guys. We've already seen a bunch of splash things happen. Kyrie going back. You got You got, you know, John Wall over here and it's. You know, we're still, what, two or three days away from uh, the actual league year opening up. If the Wolves don't, and there's been all these Wolves rumors, right? Clint Capella and Rudy Gobert, and we've been talking about DeJounte Murray for a week. It sounds like maybe the Hawks have the inside track now, according to a local report down there. If the Wolves don't get splashy, if they just run it back pretty much, and D'Lo comes back for the last year of his contract, and, you know, Obviously, Anthony Edwards can take a huge step forward, and there's there's things that can get better by just running it back. But well, how would you feel if if they really just kind of said, "No, yeah, we're going to wait till next summer to do anything overtly splashy"? How would that sit with you guys? I think if you look at what they potentially could have from a cap standpoint after the coming season, if they do just uh, slow cook this, it's not as much fun. So, like, yes, it would be. From the standpoint of our shows, it would be fun if they got aggressive and and dealt D'Lo and made moves. And but from a standpoint of a Wolves fan, if you are like, okay, this could be a lot of fun, but the flip side is it's going to be sort of just status quo for now. I think that one that might be the smartest thing, and two, you didn't hire Tim Conley to try and appease the fans or us. More importantly. You hired Tim Conley because he's got a track record and a background that screams competence. So this might not be a great or fun answer, but I really think that to a large degree, especially with a guy with the experience that Conley has, I'm fine trusting him. So yeah, like like it's fun. You know what? Jumping into the NBA deep end of the pool in early July is great, man. You can splash around and swim around and yeah. it's, it's fun. But the reality is this, the Timberwolves have been in some way, shape, or form for a long time mismanaged so badly that I think that you bring in a guy like Conley to to trust him. So yeah. um, it's not as much fun, but it might be the most responsible and smartest thing. And I think we all agree that we want the Wolves long-term to finally turn a corner and be a perennial playoff team that can make playoff runs. So however you're going to get there, I'm okay with it. Yeah, I think I'm I'm reflecting back to, you know, our our January and February discussions about the Vikings and their decision to mostly keep the roster intact. They did make a couple little additions and the Wolves have a mid-level exception, so the the Wolves could bring in a new piece or two and they get a couple draft picks. So there's things they can do without some sort of massive blockbuster just like the Vikings did. The reason why I was irritated by the Vikings approach is that they've been kind of running into the same wall for sure for the last two years, but even like as a franchise for the last 20 or 30 years, they just keep banging their head into this mediocrity wall, this this 500 wall. And for them to come out and say, you know what? If we just swap out the coach, let's let's get rid of Mike Zimmer and bring in a rookie coach. That's going to take this thing from eight wins to 11 or 12. It's a, 
there's a lot of hubris in in thinking and saying that. And we'll see what happens. You know, I I do like the offseason they've had on the on the edges. Mm-hmm. But it didn't it doesn't feel like the Vikings current nucleus with a bunch of dudes in their 30s, right? Eric Kendricks and Harrison Smith and Kirk Cousins, Adam Thielen that 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 collection has a huge new gear that they can get to that hasn't been unlocked before. With the Timberwolves, it does kind of feel like there's a another level or two maybe with Anthony Edwards, maybe with Carl Anthony Towns, if he can get his mind right in some of the big games, Jaden McDaniels. So I wouldn't be devastated. It would, you know, it would be a little bit of a buzzkill with all the names that they're reportedly sniffing around on if they just kind of ran it back. But there is another level to get to, and then they would have a boatload of flexibility and cap space for next summer to add to whatever they do in 2022-23. I, I think, too, when you're looking at worrying about yourself here and you're trying to make your team better, the problem is with the West, and Doogie has touched on this, like the Clippers are probably going to be a lot better next season, right? They only won 42 games, only had Paul George for a little bit. If they get a healthy Paul George, I know John Wall looks like he's going to sign there, but really, like the Clippers should be better next season. The Lakers probably should be better than a 33-win team next season. The Pelicans, although they had a nice little showing, could be better, but like, really, how far is their ceiling? Dude, like, what is Zion going to be, be? They'll be a lot better if Zion plays. He's, and then, he's really good. I think the overachievers in the West. So did the Grizzlies overachieve maybe to a degree last year? Is Phoenix, did they hit their ceiling and could they be coming down? So it's also like there's a math game right now in the West. It's, it's not as simple as, well, all right, if the Wolves just run it back, where where, where do we go? Look at the Western Conference right now and the teams that underachieved in the Clippers and the Lakers and the Pelicans, are they going to rise up? Denver gets Jamal Murray back last year and they still won 48 yeah. games. So the West is still packed. And and I think as a Minnesota sports fan, what you don't want to do, because the Twins are notorious for this, the Wild have sometimes been notorious for this, is you see a window and you're still afraid to push the chips in, right? And it, this is a little different because the Wolves don't have chips and it's not like prospects just at, at your disposal that you can trade to make your team better like the Twins and Wild could do. But you have to look, I think, at the whole Western Conference stew and try to see where you fit into that puzzle. I think it's fair, though, so to juxtapose the Vikings and Wolves. Part of my issue with the Vikings was the fact that it was reported or felt that the mandate came from up top of we are going to remain competitive. And Quazy, you know, this is his first try here, okay? So I think it's far more fair to question him and who he's being influenced by. Tim Conley comes with a track record of pretty good success of some very good drafting so like my inclination is to far more trust him like the vikings thing it's exciting and new but it's new people too um and and so i'm far more likely and willing to go out on a limb and question uh people who are new in their jobs than conley so like i i think it's fair like if the wolves had gone out and hired a 30-year-old assistant GM from the Clippers or something. I might say, you know what, I might do this or that. But the whole purpose in bringing in and doubling the salary of a guy like Tim Conley is to say, we trust you. Quazy, it might be great, but we have no idea. So, like, there's a big difference to me there in, in I am much more open to questioning a person who's got, you know, no background for the most part in the job as opposed to a guy who has a significant one. Yeah, and I, and I will say, like, I have I have trust right now until proven otherwise in Tim Connolly as well and the work that he's done in Denver. And, and sometimes I think the Twins maybe fell into this with Derek Falvey, who's been okay but has missed on a lot of big moves. You hire from a pool of people that helped with Cleveland's pitching, and oh, let's 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 hire someone from Google because Google's great or something, right? Well, look at Cleveland's pitching. So let's go hire someone who's like third in line and kind of steal from. Well, I mean, Cleveland's pitching has only gotten better and hasn't missed a beat since Valley was there, and the Twins haven't developed what maybe one or two arms internally uh, since he arrived. Uh, I think with Denver, you're hiring the guy who everyone regarded as. No, he was, even though he is very humble and won't take credit, he was the man in that front office. He made an impact. And then the question you have to ask is, okay, are we maybe with our Timberwolves front office goggles on? You know, We're so used to these train wrecks like David Kahn and Tom Thibodeau as a front office guy. 
or we may be putting Tim Connolly on too much of a pedestal because ultimately it's not like De- Denver hasn't even been to the NBA Finals, right? And and he's the first to tell you that. He goes, I don't know what a championship looks like. I never won one in Denver. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to walk a line of I have trust in Connolly, but I also don't want to – he's not Pat Riley. Sure. So I don't think he deserves to, you know, just walk on water and 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 do whatever he wants without – any sort of questioning. But at this point, I'm with you. Whatever he decides to do in the next two weeks, if it's big splash move trading two or three first-round picks for DeJounte Murray or somebody else, or if it's, you know what, guys? We're in a pretty good spot next summer, and there's some things we can do to grow with the core that we have. Um, I'm I'm not going to really blow a gasket right. either way on this thing. Um, we should shout out real quick a couple of our partners, including a new one here on Mackie and Judd and Score North, Equity Partners. So if you are thinking about selling your home, but you're also thinking about the pain in the you-know-what factor of ah, putting in the renovations that might be needed to increase the value, then lining up the sale of your home with the buying of a new home, Equity Partners comes in, partners with you, and makes this process easy across the board for you. You can move before you sell, and you can put an offer in on your next home, non-contingent on the sale of yours, all while also taking advantage of the WeHab program, which offers uh, a partnership, simple fixes to total remodels, helping you get the most out of your home. Uh, and by the way, the uh, one of the owners of Equity Partners, our guy Ryan, huge Purple Daily listener, big fan of the Purple. So support them. You can support us by doing that, equitypartnersmn.com, if you're looking to make the home selling process very easy, equitypartnersmn.com. Also, if you're looking to lose some weight here, the summer's not over. You can still look good. You can still get that beach bod like Judd has right now. And I, I can tell you exactly how to, to do that. Thanks to my friends at Livia Weight Control Centers. Down 40 pounds. That's right. Down 40 pounds. Feeling great. Double chin gone. Clothes all, all fit. And now I've got from them an offer for you. It's the Simple Start Plan. Only $59. That's right. $59 to get your life and your weight back on track. Uh, if you're in town, they've got several of their centers that you can go to. It's fantastic. If you're not in town, guess what? Virtual visits. Everything made simple as possible. 59 bucks. 855. Go L-I-V-E-A. Livia.com. Livia. L-I-V-E-A.com. $59. It gets you in shape. It gets you feeling good. And I'm going to tell you right now, the plan is as simple as can be. Livia.com. Uh, boys, so Judd was getting torched on Reddit last week for well, I will admit I agree with the Reddit people that your your take on pitch framing was pretty absurd, but you were getting you were getting torched. A lot of back and forth on that. A lot of people on my side, a lot of people not on my side. Who was on like your it? side? Who was on your side? Well, I got notes about because Jeffers was yanking the ball again all around. And did you see Prove it? Did, Show us did one of the you notes. See, did I saw you it. see what happened in yes. the A's yes. Yankees game? Yes. Two catchers interference calls because the violent jerking of the glove <laughs> instead of framing caused both of them. I rest my case. You, you know what I I I got a new job. Framing expert. No. No. We got run prevention coordinator. No credentials to be a framing expert. Expert. Uh, First of all, that's not true. You know what? You no longer have to play the sport to be an expert. What I will go in is with data. And that data will get me into a position to be... Well, we we brought the data to, to counter your ridiculous argument that Ryan Jeffers is the fourth best pitch framer yeah. in Major League Baseball. But the framing stats are wrong now. Okay, all right. I digress. There's a there's yeah. a thread on Timberwolves Reddit here. New Timberwolves podcast coming soon with Kyle Teggy and Phil Mackey, Flagrant House, which we will debut on the Mackey awesome. and Judd podcast feed this week, and also on the Score North YouTube channel. So you can check that out. So Kyle, uh, he's he just left. He he was the head of Canis Hoopus. He was the the head editor, and uh, now he's open for uh, for podcasting with us and with Dane Moore as well. And so Declan sent me this link yesterday. I was like, "Oh, cool! This is great. People are excited about the new podcast. <laughs> kind of. People are excited about half of the new podcast." <laughs> Here's some of the comments from uh, from Timberwolves Reddit about flagrant howls with Phil Mackey, myself, and Kyle Taggy. Oh boy. Anything with Phil Mackey is a hard pass for me. Mackey sucks. Um, I want to at least see what Mackey's like without Judd first. I used to listen to their Viking show a lot, but over the last one to two years, 
or months. I don't know. He missed a word in here. It's just gotten bad to a point where I don't even want to anymore. And that's due in large part to Judd. <laughs> See? It'll drive by Shrapnel that. coming my way. I welcome more Timberwolves content, but really wish it was someone other than Phil Mackey. He's a baseball guy that has no idea what he's talking about when it comes to basketball. His shtick works okay for Score North, but I don't want to hear his Wolves thoughts, to be honest. And the next guy says, his baseball opinions are terrible, too. Mm. Come on, guys. Man. I have a family, okay? I have feelings and a family. You have a dog and a wife. Come on. Phil Mackey, thumbs down. Kyle Taggy, thumbs up. Mackey is one of the last guys I want to hear talk about the Wolves. Taggy is the exact opposite, so this should be interesting. So, If you want to tune in to hear Kyle Taggy talk about the Timberwolves, and tolerate me. Flagrant Howls will be launching before the end of the week here. Great so, podcast, name. I can't wait. Flagrant Howls. I can't wait. I think it's going to be fantastic, Phil. I think your basketball yeah. takes are spot on. Thank you. I'm never claiming to be spot on with all of my takes, okay? I'm here should you be? to I'm here to make you think, make you laugh, make you angry sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not here to to be correct all the time. But I think it's going to be fun and we wanted to we were originally going to launch this thing you know, maybe closer to the season. It's like, I don't know. This oh. is almost more fun than the season. Yeah. So right now. let's do it right now and uh, see what these guys can, can do. But thank you, Timberwolves Reddit, for the uplifting support and messages. I, I just get, you know, podcast. My, my criticism is what does that guy on the left do? You know, he just kind of stands there, sits there, he yawns sometimes, doesn't really talk a whole lot. He yawns about four times yeah. a show. You I, got, know. I did get a nice, uh, but I, but I think I'm combating that. I got a nice new, like, N- Nepresso machine. Mac Declan here for Nepresso. Uh, and <laughs> it, it's pretty damn good. Like, I have a good pep in my step this morning. So I think you, yawns, yeah, you seem, you seem uh, very energized today. I think it's the how many, how many hours do you sleep at night? Uh, about, I get about eight to nine in, hopefully. About eight. About eight. That's, that's quite a bit of sleep. Yeah. About eight. I'm usually in bed by 10, 30, 11 each night. Now I got the TV in the room, and now I'm kind of locked into the TV before bed, which is I know is a dangerous spot to That's be. That's not good for you. No, apparently it's not good for you. But do you do the sleep timer, or do you leave it on? Do you shut it off before you crash? Do you leave it on all night? I shut it off. I'm one of those people where once I I can't really like fall asleep to the TV. Like I can't get into sleepy mode. Like I can't. I have to, I have to turn off that television before I'm physically like getting ready to go to bed. Has oh, really? to be off. I hate when the TV is on. And Dawn I'm likes sleeping. it on as long as possible. Oh, I, I hate she it. She would leave it on all night if she I, could. But I do you shut it. it off before? Or do yes. you wake up at three in the morning? No, like I shut Judd? it off. I will shut it off. I will shut off that television. It's got to go off. Can't stand well, it. Well, what, what we have done now, so I am in the morning, I am guilty of all of the things they say you're not supposed to do, which is don't look at your phone for the first hour. Get up and start oh, no. your day and stuff. No. Really? I wake up and the first thing I do is just stare at email and Twitter for like, 20 minutes oh yeah yeah as close to my face as possible bright lights but at night we're pretty good we you know we we shut the tv off and then we put on a little meditation or something a little sleep meditation really yeah i will i'll mute your thread i'll mute i'll mute our thread when it's time to go to bed i'll mute the thread when it's like trying to wind down i gotta get out of here just i gotta (laughs) gotta be free at night i go twitter i go twitter and tiktok Great. Loves the talk. Love the talks. Love the you're talks kind of a, great. So you you don't have your own TikTok account really, like that you're active no. on. You're active on the screen. So have, you're just you're kind of a TikTok creeper, is what Yeah, just creep around TikTok. But there, there's a lot of good sports stuff now too. And it's just soundbite stuff. It's great. Judd's uh, only reads TikTok for the articles, is what he's saying, folks. There's a lot of good sports stuff on TikTok. <laughs> well, I mean there's a lot of teenage stuff that I bypass, but Whatever. Yes, that's probably pro- a probably idea. probably a good idea for you. Yeah, but I mean, I you know, I mean seriously, there's a, I just yeah, scroll, scroll, scroll. Then I finally fall asleep. It's a great way to fall asleep. Do you have any other thoughts yeah, on TikTok? Great. I love the talk. I, I'm not going to lie. I think the talk is great. The, the talk is not nearly as toxic as Twitter because for obvious reasons it's more fun yeah, it's but, a happier place people aren't just dunking on it like twitter people just dunk on each other tiktok yeah. i think people lift each other up it's a more well, the thing about the thing about the talk too is people put in a lot of work too like hi here's what i want to know mm-hmm. who are these people who shoot themselves almost professionally like they do constant updates on their lives and it's like they've got the cameras positioned around their like they'll be making breakfast and talking about something 
It's like yeah, very... they probably have little. Well, first of all, your phone. The I don't know how much you nope. use other than like your morning Judd selfies, uh, but not really. your phone has a pretty high powered camera on it. So right, as long as like you have like little ring well. lights and you've got some tripods on your right, but I'd like on your counter. Like, like these kids at some points have like they must have tri- have tripods and and these lights around in different places. Yeah, they'll like be. It, it's Dude, like you can studio. find these. It's nuts when you go to any go to Target, Target. go to Best Buy, yeah. any of these places. I was at a Fred Meyer out here in the Pacific Northwest. They have aisles with like little mm-hmm. ring lights and tra- it's like anything you would need to do your own video production now from your phone. You can yeah. just get it at Target, Walmart, whatever. It's crazy. I want to see Judd launch some sort of uh, you know they have all these food accounts on social media where it's just people making. They'll record from above or something, making a dish, making a homemade pizza. Yes, I've seen that. I want to see Judd do some some stuff around the house on TikTok. You know, making a pizza, homemade pizza, efficient ways to do chores and stuff. Make you a TikTok star. Okay, mine, mine just all. How do you break a hundred, Declan? Here's ninety different tips, and then we go to the golf yeah. course. Remember, ninety <laughs> of these tips as you're trying to swing the club. That's that's ninety five percent of my algorithm. Phil, you went to the range and hosled about sixty percent of your yeah. iron shots. Here are nine TikTok videos to help you. Hosled's yeah. a great word. <laughs> I love that word. Anyhow, I think it's time for the weekly pecking order here on Mackie and Judd, where we rank random and sometimes not so random things. And uh, with the departure of Wes Johnson earlier this week, just up and leaving the Minnesota Twins for a pitching coach job in college for a lot of money, Judd has a pecking order for us on this Tuesday. Yes. um, I'm calling it surprise departures. So, like, it might be guys who quit. It might be guys who were surprisingly fired. Wes it's since it's in honor of Wes, he's not among them. But I've came up with ten, and look, this—I might have missed one, I might have missed five. I don't know, but I was racking my brain last night to come up with ten in order from ten to one departures that surprised us in sports here. Okay, I love it. Okay, so so like this is not the definitive list though. So if I am short one, two, three, or four, just tell me. All right. So surprise departures. Minnesota sports. I included uh, the Twins. I included the Vikings. I included the Wild, the Wolves, and Gopher sports as well. Namely, Gopher football. All right. And that's where we'll start. Okay. Number 10. Retired October 2015. Jerry Kill. Now, he had health problems, but if if you recall, the Gophers at that point, I believe, were... Seven games in, four and three, had just gotten beat uh, pretty badly by Nebraska. In 2014, Kill had been the Big Ten coach of the year. And so his health problems didn't make it completely shocking, but it was still a surprising move. Jerry Kill's decision uh, to step down, which I guess now in retrospect is more surprising because he's tried to come back like eight times. Jerry Kill, his decision in October of 2015 is number 10 on my list. Is this the year that we get the showdown? Yes. Week one. Is it New Mexico or New Mexico State? State, right? State. State? Week one. Yes, but this is the, the year. Aggies? This is the Fleck Kill showdown. Or the Lobos. Are they the Lobos or the eight? Which one's the Lobos? Patino's at one, Kill's at the other, right? You know what? You, you have uh, Aggies. State is the Aggies. Aggie vision. There's and Kill, a, there. is, it's, Kill is there, right? That's right. Okay. I think so. Well, hold, hold on. This go, go first. We're a bunch of professionals. Here. Okay, uh, here we go. Uh, New yes. Mexico State. Yes. yes. Schedule. Yes. yes. Okay. You are correct. New Mexico State. Really excited for that game. Yeah. You know that he's had that circled for, would you say, oh. 2015? Seven years. God, yeah. He's, and he did say that, that right. he would never step foot back in back on campus ever again. Didn't yeah. he say that? Did he say that with, with us? Four North. He I said that with us. I filled in on that show. That was a fun show. Yeah, on I believe Doogie show. booked him, and he said, I will never set foot on that campus again. Is he going to coach remotely on September 1st, then, just to honor his word? I hope wow. he's just well. But, wow. But, yeah, but so he's come back and tried to be an OC a couple places. He's been a head coach a couple places since then. So his stepping down for health purposes, not a total shock, but I would say the timing of it was surprising. I'm actually kind of shocked you have 10 names on this. I haven't put a ton of thought into this. There's a couple that stand out, but I'm really curious to see where. There's some old school ones. There's some old school ones. And and much like with Wes, part of this is based on timing. 
So it's not like totally surprising that the person was gone. It's surprising when. Because like if Wes had had slow cooked this thing, right? Until October. Season gets done. Twins went to the playoffs, got swept. And Wes said, you know what? Peace out, guys. We'd say, oh, that's surprising. But we wouldn't be like, oh, my God, he's leaving? And so, don't, don't you think we also would have said, oh, the Twins wanted him out. And so this is sure. his soft landing. I wonder if any part of this is his him just wanting to take control of his career narrative, too. So, no, I'm the one that's leaving midseason, just so it's clear. I am doing this. I'm not being fired. To your point, I will say this. I am shocked there's not more public question about this. Like, there's a lot of folks who are just like, yeah, coaches quit. I mean, this happens. It's like, not now they don't. I think Passon tweeted, this is a first. There has never been a, mm-hmm. a pitching coach who has quit to go to the college ranks in season. Yeah. So no, it's, yeah. it's super weird. Super it weird. It is weird. All right. Number nine on my list predates both of you guys. It is former Twins manager Gene Mock who was the manager of Twins from 76 until he stepped down in August of 1980 with the Twins at 54-71 and in a season in which uh, Johnny Gorrell took over and actually had some success. The team finished 77-84. and But Gene Mock, who was a legend, uh, basically said, I think he just got sick of the whole thing. Post game, I believe it was a game I was at. It was um, They played the Tigers at the Met. Post game, he called a press conference, and instead of saying, here's what we didn't do right, he said, I'm done. So he just bolted. <laughs> he just said, I'm sick of it. I'm sick of Calvin. I'm not doing a good, good job. Ultimately, went on to some success with the uh, Angels. But Gene Mock is number nine on my list. Again, timing, August of 1980. Okay, did he ever manage again? Yeah, Angels. Okay. Uh, took him to the playoffs. In fact, he was... Was he against Boston in 86? Donnie Moore, who, who tragically committed suicide, was the closer, I believe. And I believe they were within a strike of Gene Mock's only World Series. And Dave Henderson homered off Moore. And Gene, I mean, for all of Gene's greatness, never made it to a World Series. And in 64, the Phillies... Still to this day, one of the great all-time meltdowns. They had a lead that looked insurmountable. So, no, Mock did come back. Mock was great, but he never made it to a World Series. Okay. He's number nine on my list. Number eight actually sort of predates me, but it's a good one. Number eight, first managerial job, Billy Martin. So, he was a Twins third base coach, got the job in... 69, led the Twins to, at that time, the first ever American League West title. 97 and 65, okay? So, like, this team was great. Martin did a great job. Unfortunately, he drank too much, uh, uh, antagonized Calvin, had some problems, and was fired in a move that was, I think, the first time, if we were ever to talk to Patrick about this, and it was the first time the Twins fans turned on the Twins. They loved Billy. Billy was dynamic. Billy was great. Billy was a drunk. Uh, but Martin being fired after one year in which the Twins won the division, and I believe they were swept by Baltimore in the playoffs, is number eight on my list. See, that type of erratic behavior from a baseball manager is a thing of the past, right? Baseball managers have been, it really started with Moneyball. In the early 2000s. And the movie kind of depicts that with Brad Pitt, where they just, Art Howe, I think, was the manager, right? Correct. And now, like, and there's some guys still, some, like, Tony LaRussa is still hanging around for a couple more weeks. But there's just, they don't run the show anymore. It was for a hundred years, the manager was pulling all the strings and it was their show and their clubhouse. And (laughs) then somewhere along the line, smart front office people realized, no, I mean, they definitely have. An influence, but it's not as much of an influence as maybe we've thought for 100 years. The coaching staff used to be drinking buddies. Like, the pitching coach is great. Well, why? Because we're at the bar every night. Like, that was the coaching staff, right? That was kind of the the twins coaching staff for a while. Guardian is. So, yes. Billy Martin, number eight. Okay. Number seven was one that Phil and I were in 
Mankato 4 and did an entire show off of because it was so surprising at the time. Now, in retrospect, he deserved what he got, but it is Norwood Teague resigning in August of 2015. You are reaching so into the bag here. This is great. As the Gophers AD, now, now in retrospect, sexual harassment, I believe a drinking problem there as well. But if you guys recall, we saw that on Twitter and we're like, what the hell is this? Norwood Teague, number seven. Old Dex tweets was, I believe, driving up for maybe like the first week of classes listening to that show uh, for senior year. And I remember being in shock too, driving up Highway 10, hearing that news and was just perplexed as to what the hell was going on with Norwood Teague. And as Judd alluded to, then we figured out he was all a horrible human being. Uh, But I remember that well. God. Okay, so I've I, sometime recently I looked this up, but I think he runs a consulting agency. <laughs> Has anyone ever talked to him since then? I've never seen anything with him. Okay, so he does have a LinkedIn page. I've stumbled into this before. I love this. Okay. So he runs a company, or or maybe I don't know if he runs it. He he works for a company called Sockwell Partners. Oh my god! And you know what? Oh, this is awkward. What's up? He has LinkedIn Premium, which means that he can see anyone who goes to his profile. Uh, well, so he's so right now he's he gonna knows. see that he's gonna see that I am on his. Pro- I mean, there's no turning back now. I might as well stay here. Try and book him. So hey, after no. all this time, absolutely what? not. No one him. wants to hear. See if from he turned him. his life around. No, not giving him the platform for that. Okay, he is Nor the would. director of Sockwell Partners. Since April 2019 in Charlotte, North Carolina. All right. It's a it's an executive search firm with a focus on senior level positions. Our oh. clients range from Fortune 500 companies to emerging companies, family owned businesses, nonprofits. He loved he leaned on a couple search firms, didn't he? Didn't he have that Villa? What was that Villa Seven thing? That Villa wasn't a search firm. For that, his basketball coach. It was just like in fact, a, I think he was part of it. Oh my right? god. He and Mike What's His Face, his assistant. Yeah, that guy. What the hell was his name? Mike something, Phil. Yeah. You, you know him. <laughs> Mike something. Not, yeah, I don't remember. His, I mean, we used to text each other, and then that shut right. down pretty quickly after this whole thing happened. He was going to deliver Shaka Smart. That's all I know. Yeah, and instead, he delivered Richie Patino. That's right, well, seventh choice. Well, Norwood knows I just creeped on him, so let's get to uh, number six here on Judd's All right. <laughs> Five and six are, are going to basically be the same time period. In some ways, the same guy, a little different problems. But number six is Paul Fenton. So Paul Fenton hired in May of 2018 to replace Chuck Fletcher as GM from an organization in the wild that seems to love or loved stability, right? Well, he lasted from May of 2018 until July of 2019, uh, I don't think it was a realization that he couldn't do the job from a personnel standpoint. I think it was a realization that, again, in a different way, obviously, clearly than Teague, he was just a bad guy. He couldn't work with people. He couldn't really run things. Uh, I think it's safe to say that he was despised by lots of folks. So number six on the list, one year or one season and done, Paul yeah. Fenton, Wild GM. God, mm-hmm. Horrible guy. <laughs> Terrible guy. He just had no people skills. He was very weird. He was very, very confrontational unnecessarily. And now Billy Guerin has all of the people skills. He's like the the most people skilled person that you're gonna you're gonna find. It's great. And it's not like Mm. he is like like the nicest guy. Like he's a tough dude. Yeah. But he just sort of gets it. Where Fenton was just sort of unnecessarily arrogant. Yeah. Speaking of well, Well, hold on. Uh, Paul Fenton has much more time to ride around on his motorcycle <laughs> during the summer months. Now that we're halfway through Judd's list here, let's shout out a couple of our partners. Uh, Dennis Kirk is all about riding season. Over 160,000 parts and accessories in stock for those of you who like to partake. Free shipping on orders over $89 and same-day shipping on orders placed before 8 p.m. Ride more, wait less at Dennis Kirk. Dot com. Also, let's say hi to our friends at Aquaside here, Declan, during these summer lake months. 
Aquaside's a good uh, good place to know. Oh, it's the 4th of July weekend. We got coming up. It's on a Monday, but that's okay. And we're going to be out on the lake, enjoying maybe a couple beverages, enjoying some surlies. And when you put your foot in the water, you don't want to feel that lake algae, right? It's the worst feeling in the world when you step into that pond or you step into the lake and you just feel that gross algae at the bottom of your feet. And Aquaside will help you remove that product with their Aquaside pellets. They are easy to use. It's a simple fan over treatment area. They begin working right away. They walk you through how to use it. These are safe products too, registered both with the EPA and DNR. And the best part, shipping is free. Uh, you can also stop into their store location in the Twin Cities in White Bear Lake, but their shipping is free. Aquaside pellets. To learn more, go to Aquaside.com. Aquaside.com to learn more. All right, back to Judd's packing order here. Ten surprise exits. Yes. Last five on the list. Number five is Gerson Rosas. Gerson, again. So so he and Fenton are basically, to me, bookends here. Same timing. Now, Gerson did come, come in as the anti-Tibbs with his kids bouncing on his lap. It's going to be a family. We didn't realize what type of family he was going to eventually try to cultivate that. Probably Tom Thibodeau had a Manny's idea. menu on his lap when he was yeah. giving his press. But you conference. know what? At least we knew. But at least we knew Tibbs with Gerson. We really were sold a bill of goods. Uh, but Gerson was he was hired one year after Fenton. So May of 2018, Gerson May of 2019. And he was fired in September of 21. Um, um, uh, workplace conduct, not the best. Again, a tyrant, too. So, like, Fenton couldn't work with people. So, Gerson Rosas, now employed with Tibbs, ironically enough, by the Knickerbockers, is number five on the list. Fun. Amazing combination over there. Yeah. Fun fact, I was uh, almost late to my first date with my now-beloved girlfriend because of that firing. In fact, I mm. was 10 minutes late because if you remember, he got fired at like 3.30 on like a Wednesday or something or a Tuesday. And right. we had to do an emergency pod. I think we even almost went on like live on the radio because it was like kind of conflicting. And then I was 15 minutes late trying to find parking to get to this first date in time because of Gerson Rosas' untimely firing, which is now what I'll How did you explain it? it? Because that's a, that's a good, interesting sort of first date discussion yeah, of like I, what you do for a I living. Remember. Sorry, I was in my car posting... A quote graphic on Instagram? Pretty much, right? Um, nice to meet you. I uh, And I'm in a tour. I hate being late. It's like a thing. I, I am. If you tell me to be there at 9, I am there at 8.45. Like, you got to go to the airport. If your flight leaves at 5.30, I am there at 2. Like, I, I have to be early. I have a petrified fear of being late. So when I walked in, yes, I had to explain to her, hey, I'm sorry. I'm late. The Timberwolves fired their pobo. He is a horrible. He was this bad individual, I guess. It would took all of us by storm. So I had to like stand there for ten minutes in the first ten minutes of our date, explaining this tyrant that was unexplicably fired. Is that the same date on which you complained about the twins for like the entire day? That too? is also on the same date. Yes. <laughs> You're. It's a what a complete saint she must be. She is. I don't know. Like you were late because of the Timberwolves, and then you complained about the Twins. And then the second date, I called George Springer a trash can banger in front of her. She is she is a saint. It, this was all a bang 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 situation. <laughs> that or your hair. She loves the hair. Yeah. Why is George Springer a trash can banger? But you give a standing ovation to Carlos Correa every single time he walks. You know, yeah, exactly that's fine. right. That's all I care I about season tickets yeah. because of you, yeah. despite the fact that you cheer. But Spice Springer, you clown! You, you clown! Trash you can banger clown! clown. Coming up next, Coming up Carlos next, Correa. Great, right? <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Uh, where are we at here? Number four. We're, number four. Number four. So, okay. yeah, six Fenton, five Rosas. Now let's jump in the way back machine before, again, both of your time. But this one actually was shocking. It was shocking because this guy was so good. And this guy, I believe, now is in the pro Football Hall of Fame and was a key executive for the Cubs on the team that won the the National League East in '84 to end a streak of non-playoff appearances by the Cubs that dated back at that time to 1945. I'm talking about the Vikings GM from 1964 to May of '74. One Jim Finks. Okay. So Jim Finks had been the NFL Executive of Thanks the you. Year in '73. Uh, the Vikings had just been to the Super Bowl and lost to the Dolphins. Jim Finks had been, you know, instrumental in Bud Grant being here. All of those things. And I believe he wanted an ownership stake or equity or something. And the Vikings were, said no. He had a falling out. 
and hmm. Jim Finks up and quit and went to the Bears. But Jim Finks was an executive's executive. He was really good, uh, and he walked away upset at the Vikings in May of 74. That is way back, but that is number four on the list. That is way back. Jim Finks was the 116th pick in the 1949 NFL draft out of Tulsa, by the way. Pittsburgh? Steelers? Uh, yes. He played five or six years with the Steelers and then played yeah. for the Calgary Stampeders, was the Notre Dame coach in 1956, and then became the Viking general manager eight years later. So there's That's a little history lesson. Mm. There you go. He's got one of those on his Wikipedia page. You know how all of the old football photos and really all of the old sports card photos across all sports were just these weird posed. It's <laughs> it's him oh, yeah, sideways these? with the ball up here gazing off into the distance. <laughs> Jim those Finks. photos were great. Yes. Hey, just pose like you would during a game. Act natural. But Nobody could see- act natural in photos. This is a Norm MacDonald skit, yeah. too. Like, yep. How weird people were in photos because you didn't have a lot of practice. God, I love Norm. Yeah. <laughs> R.I.P. I mean, if you were if you were born in 1927, like Jim Finks it. was, yeah. How often were people really taking photos of you? You know? Yeah. Well, Can't yeah. blame the guy. Just for Just act weird. like you're gonna throw. Okay. Yeah, hold the ball right there. Yeah, see? Hold the ball right there. Just like this. Just like this. I got the football. I got the old pigskin. I'm gonna throw it over the middle. Ball. All, right. All right. We've emerged four, into the top three here. Packing order. Number three, uh, number three might be considered to be low until you hear the top two. Because number three is drum roll, please, Norv Turner. Oh yeah. Now, God. now Norv, we can debate Norv's uh, de- departure as o- OC. There are some folks like Patrick who think that he was fired by Zimmer and that it was kept on the QT. Uh, there are probably people more so in the know who say, no, he just walked out because he was being questioned and he was sick of it. And I think he was, I think Zimmer hired him when Mike got the job saying, I'm coaching defense and you are basically head coach offense. And by the time that Norv quit after a loss in early November of 2016 to the Bears, I think Mike was like, let's run this play. No, let's run the ball more. And Norv said, I'm done here. Norv Turner and his abrupt departure, number three on the list. As okay. Brandon's OC. It's sad. No one's ever fully told the story, but there was... Uh, so many rumors about it to this day, right? It wasn't Norv walking in amicably saying, you know, I think I'm just tired. I think I'll go home. And Mike saying, okay, Norv, pleasure working with you, sir. Yeah. Let's go drink some red wine together later tonight. 2016 was the first time that there was an inkling that Zim's ways, I think, could really prove to be um, uh, bristly for some. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So North turned it All right. Top two here. All right. Number two on my list. This was the guy who was turning gopher football around. This was the guy who was going to get gopher football in the mid-80s, on the right track. This is the guy who walked away to become the head coach of Phil Mackey's favorite school. Well, second favorite, but yeah. Well, okay. One of your favorite football programs. How about that? Lou Holtz. So, um, the Gophers, I believe it was, had won one game in 83. They won four the next year with Holtz in his first year, but they won three in the Big Ten. So good things were coming. They won six in 85 and went to a bowl game, and that's when Lou said, uh, the Irish job? Oh, yeah, I'll take that. Lou Holtz, I don't think he is to this day from longtime Gopher fans been forgiven. Uh, I think that there was a perception that Holtz was going to lead the program to great things. Of course, it didn't transpire. So Lou Holtz, surprising, angering, frustrating, pick your word, he is number two on the list of departures. Yeah, just the, the, the fact that we get so nervous anytime a coach or a player might, oh my God, what if they leave us like Lou Holtz? I think that's where it comes from. It comes from, I, you know, before I was born, basically, before Declan was born. I think you're right. Oh, my God, we got Tubby Smith. When's he going to leave? It doesn't matter. He's old and senile now. You're going to want him to leave in like three years. Richard Pitino might leave. (laughs) Okay, we're about to fire him. What if he goes to Tennessee? Great. (laughs) Sounds good. You knock yourself out. 
You knock yourself out. All right. And number one on the surprise departure list as far as executives, coaches, managers go in Minnesota sports is none other than the first time he left, Bud Grant. Bud Grant shocked us. Bud Grant uh, stepped down after in 83, um, and no one saw it coming. The succession plan, I think, in Grant's mind was, my friend Jerry Burns is going to get the job, and, and I'm done, and it's been great, and fans were absolutely shocked. Um, and then the Vikings got creative and said, oh, no, no, we think we should hire this young, young assistant coach we've got named Les Steckel. 3-13. and 13. Long story short, I believe Bud was begged to come back to write things uh, actually took the Vikings in 85 from 3-13 and 13 the previous year to 7-9. and 9. 86, Jerry Burns does take the job. But the Bud Grant decision after uh, the 84 season to step down, I think, is the top one. All right. There it is. Bud wow. Grant, Lou Holtz, Norv Turner, uh, Jim Finks. Some names on here, man. Yes. Uh, Gerson Rosas. Paul Fenton, Norwood Teague, Billy Martin, Gene Mock, Jerry Kill, all just up and leaving or in honor of forced out in some way. Good old Wes Johnson. Wes Johnson. Thank you, Wes. No cheating. Gave us a list. But uh, I just did a comb through for old tweets exposed involving Norv Turner. We got some good candidates for Thursday already. Oh, good. That's oh, love good. it. No cheating. No cheating. <laughs> no, I love it. No cheating. No cheating. I Amazing. loved that hire at the time, by the way. Yes, you did. Oh, yeah, I, it was. It was. Oh, it was, I loved. We did. We did a show on how Zim was was being smart and getting an offensive guy, and he knew his strengths. It was a smart hire. It was I a know, smart hire, and I'm then he saying. brought he brought in a bunch of former head coaches to to sort of pad his staff, and then later on he got power hungry and wound up hiring sons of he, former head coaches. He <laughs> went current and consulted coaches. Hugh Jackson. That's where I think Norv probably said this ain't going to work, right? Yeah. Like of Wait, all that the guy people, has three wins in six seasons or whatever. Yeah, let's of all the people him. that you could say this is my guy. This guy's going to tell me what Norv is doing wrong. It's Hugh Jackson. Yeah, uh, there it is. There's your Tuesday pecking order presented in part by our friends at Federated Mutual Insurance Company. If you're a business owner out there, just uh, check out all the different services they can provide you on the risk management front and find a full list of industries Federated protects at federatedinsurance.com, where it's our business to protect yours all right boys we have write that down predictions and an accountability session tomorrow reckless speculation thursday the nba league year so this is going to be an interesting several days here we'll see you guys tomorrow on Mackie and judd wilson you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer avoiding a 455 meeting on everyone's calendar how did you do it i got a huge assist from grammarly an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.